Okay, there we go. How we doing? How we doing? Now, why is the sound not coming down? I don't understand. There we go. There we go. That's bad. I have to get very close. I get, yeah. yelled, I get yelled at by some people. I was not talking into the mic. No, you weren't. And, and are you sure it's pointed the right way? Yes, the little black knobby things, right? I'm going to turn it this way so I can see you better. There. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was me, not the mic and not the board. Yeah, no, and and I, you know, I've I've, I've been running into like these issues, having issues. <laughs> like, like last Thursday, other than normal life. <laughs> the reason we didn't have the 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 show last Thursday is because we did a live podcast again with the football team. Yes, from the Reading Leader Cross, and. Well, you did. I wasn't there. Right. Once I listened to it, like, our voices were over-modulating a lot. And what I did wrong was I was trying to match to the speakers. The people were saying, turn it up. I should have turned it up at the source. Oh, see, you're Instead, I was trying to pull the microphones up a little bit. And as a result, we're over-modulating. So I'm a little bit, like, I'm a little bit skittish now. <laughs> That's all Chinese to me anyway, man. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't, I don't, all I know how to do is talk and think. That's it. Okay, talk and think. Now I'm really loud. Now I'm being told I'm really loud. (laughs) You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm going to tell you, ignore that person. Right? Before, if Jerry needs to turn you up, no, I was just, I wasn't standing close enough. You're just too loud, Kev. Yep. It's, I have to be right here. (laughs) The pre-show music brought to you by Kiss, the greatest rock band in the world. Not Van Halen. Nope. Not yep. at all. Okay. So that means that we're ready, Kev. We are ready. And it goes like this. Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for... Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on the happenings of our town that you just can't find anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Kevin Foles. Dude, machine. It's machine. Hell now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Here we are, everybody. Welcome to the Exeter Underground episode number 30. Hey, now. Hyperlocal news and analysis for Exeter Township. I'm Jerry Gallif, and he is... Kevin Fole. And we are here to entertain you, to titillate, to annoy. Yes, to poke the bear. Yes, that's what we do. <laughs> but you know what? I think tonight's show is not going to be quite as bad. Because we're not picking on individuals as a whole. We're going to be picking on people, individuals that we know of, we don't know personally. Right. I don't think any of these people that we're going to be picking on tonight that we met at the at the RCC event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be no crayon poking. Although, you know what we could do? Hmm. We could, right now, the supervisors are having a budget meeting. Oh, they are? We, we could pull that up and, and mock that a little bit if you want to. We, we could pull it up for three seconds, and then if it's going to be fun, yes. If not so much fun, then no. Okay. It's, let's be honest. It's only, fun when, it's only fun when they're acting like children. 
Well, there's one way to find out, isn't there? And when and they're there, it is. <laughs> just tune right in and be like, yes, they are acting like children. They all have clown suits on, <laughs> which we just talked about before the show. That I'm not a big fan of of you clowns. Discover that their recommendation was to have small tax increases to keep up with our operating expenses okay. and, and our reserves. Because okay, so that's and Dave Hughes that, probably and so what did we do mm -hmm. for the next seven years? Good. We never raised taxes. And that is the reason, not the only reason, but a major reason why they had to sell the sewer plant. They had to fix the finances here. And I... And oh, they fixed the finances, Dave. Oh, yeah, they're, now, yeah, they're draining they're our pockets. In the same position a couple of years from now after expending all these proceeds from the sewer plant, and we don't have another sewer plant to sell. <laughs> yeah, I think Supervisor Vollmer said it well. He said that it's a priority of the board to be good stewards of the proceeds of the sale of the sewer And then he said there's a lot of numbers. <laughs> Will, could you? Can you send me the problems with that you're discussing so I can break them down? Factors impacting. We we, we just went through All some right. of the factors that were. You know what? There was so it was on next door. Somebody was talking about their ridiculous water bills, and they're ridiculous. Not just in Exeter. I mean, Exeter Township's pretty big. Yeah. It stems almost to Bird uh, Birdsboro. Right. Right. And there's people that just have they have their own well. Mm -hmm. and they have to pay for basically just sewer. But they're getting screwed, too, because they're paying for water, right? Right. <laughs> My brother has a problem with this. He has a well, and they put a meter on because it's his water, but the amount of water that's coming out of his well and then going into the system, he's paying for that. I, I think that I would, like, go lobbing hand grenades if somebody did that to me. I told him just to move to where the meter is. <laughs> You can move the meter instead of the uh, where uh, instead of where it's coming into your house yeah. and the outside. So you're only going to be paying for you know because he's not paying for water. He's just paying for sewage. Right. Okay. He's paying for output. Yeah. He's not paying for input. Yeah. Where I'm paying for input and output, and I'm getting literally put it in the output. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like my bill was three hundred twenty six dollars, and I posted this. Jesus. On, I paid for I. I Someone, like I said, was starting on next door. Someone was talking about the high water bills and everything. And I said that, yeah, I paid $326. Sometimes it's, you know, a low of 280 And then it's always 7,000 gallons, which I've said on the show before, 7,000 or 8,000 or 9,000 gallons. And this guy said, that, that, no, you're wrong. That's quarterly. I'm like, wait a minute, idiot. You're telling me that I'm wrong and it's my bill? This is the problem with social media because if someone said that to me in person, I'd punch them right in the face because you're, <laughs> you're telling me that I'm wrong. Okay, then come to my house, genius, and pay my bill every month. Yeah, figure this out for me, can you? <laughs> you're wrong. Oh, okay, sure. Thanks. You don't know how to read, Kev. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I'm not going to know how to read the, the turnoff slip when I don't pay my $326 a month. Exactly. But you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Ugh. You don't know what a bill is. Right, I know what a bill is. This morning, I had a, my wife's car broke down, and we had she wanted me to fill my car up so she wouldn't have to stop on the way to work because that's what happened today. Her car broke down, okay. stopped stopped at Wawa, started up fine this morning. Goes to Wawa, goes in to get breakfast, comes out, it won't start. And it's Hold not the battery. It's it's not. It could be or the starter. It's not the battery. Battery. The lights were still on and everything, so we had it towed, and. Um, so I filled up gas, and you know what it was a gallon? 
Four sixteen a gallon. I was going to say four thirteen. Four sixteen. That happened quick, didn't it? That's that Biden economy oh, working. And there. the funniest part on next door too, someone told me that um, they Biden was not lowering oil, the military strategic military um, reserves to lower gas prices. That's not what he was doing. I'm like, he literally told you that that's what he was doing. Yeah, well, the <laughs> you Biden idiot, do it. Like, <laughs> what was there? This reason? is the part we're gonna get into tonight because people are stupid. What did the did you ask them? Like <laughs> then, why do you think he did it? I, you know what? I, I called him a paint chip eater. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're only of a certain age, I don't think because they had to take the lead out of the paint at what, like 1985, because they realized babies were dying. That even. <laughs> yeah, I remember being a kid. I don't. I probably chewed on some lead paint when I was a kid, but and I I don't think the younger generations get it when you call someone a paint chip eater. And then it, I was like, why was all the funniest thing is, is when people say the president of the United States has nothing to do with the price of gas. These are the same people that said that Trump could say something and it could crash the economy. But he has nothing to do with it. Really? And who is it that writes executive orders and regulations? Oh, the, the, the exec- Microsoft, <laughs> the executive. Uh, 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 yeah. The executive branch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so the president does have something to do because the president controls the supply. And all these people on next door, man, they're all like, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, dude. Okay. Then tell me why they gave Biden credit when, when gas prices were going down. Yeah. Like, like d- define your lie <coughs> and stick to it. We're not you? dealing with intelligent people, hence our last election. Right. Right. We're not. And that's where we start uh, tonight's show. We figured mm. we would take it in a slightly different direction. And, uh, we, it, you know, these are things that still affect Exeter. Yep. It's not just, mm-hmm. right? I bought, my, I bought my gas in Exeter. So there you go. <laughs> 4 16 a gallon. Yep. Sorry, four fifteen nine. Got to be, got to be uh, factual here. You know what I mean? Four fifteen nine 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 nine. So... So then the Biden economy does reach into Exeter, you're saying? And only a moron would say that it does. Okay. Right. Just checking. Okay. So uh, let's get to the election. Of mm. course, things are still in a state of flux. Did you say election. flux? You're not allowed to use that word on here. I thought you were going to have to. allowed to say flux. Oh, I thought you said something else. You're going to have to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put a beep tone in. Yep. Boop. Yeah, it was... Uh, How do you condense what we've talked about in the last two days? I, I don't know how you condense it, but but it, I, I think it was a real shock. Yeah, I, th- I it was it was a shock to me too. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of expected, like okay, you, what is expected? Def- define I, what, what you're saying. Because I I think when you put two people, and I said this from the beginning of all of Pennsylvania. Fetterman and Oz are your candidates. That's mm-hmm. and the same thing I said about Hillary Clinton and Trump. Whether you love Trump or not, but let's be honest, that's the best mm-hmm. that the United States of America had to offer. Yep. That's the best. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I remember being a kid, and well, the kid I was in college. I remember everyone didn't like Hillary Clinton when she was the first lady. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? She was never well liked, even by Democrats. She has always been a very, I don't even want to say controversial, a disliked figure. Cold. Yeah. Just cold, not warming. Like at least Melania, you were like, well, she's hot, man. You know what I mean? And she was very nice. Plus, she's, and Melania is insanely intelligent. She speaks seven languages. I know people that can't even speak English. Yeah, but they all sound like these. <laughs> I don't care. That's kind of hot, actually. But you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, Hillary Clinton was just cold. And then the all the things that she, when she was Secretary of State, and people want to talk about gerrymandering, who the hell do you think moved to New York to become a senator? The thing with Hillary, you know, I, I don't remember who it is, but she worked for one of the senators on the Watergate committee. Mm-hmm. And That's why did she get fired? She got started. And why'd she get fired? For falsifying documents, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was some person who was involved in that, who I remember seeing years ago, and he said she was not a nice person back no. then when she was our lackey. Look at what she said about the what she said about getting that guy off that raped that little girl. Don't you remember that? Where it was a case where it was long. It was it was a long case where this guy raped this like thirteen year old girl, and Hillary got him off. And then she was on under. You know, he, we know he did it. Mm-hmm. You're the champion of women's rights, breaking glass ceilings. That's yeah. who of all the women in the world. I'm all for a female president. Okay, especially if she's hot. Right? Why not? <laughs> right? Got to have a little mistake. Right? That's what the, Melania was the best first lady since Jackie O that was the best. Let's be honest. I don't disagree. You know? The best looking, best overall, best style, everything. Yeah. But that's who people wanted to be the first female president was Hillary Clinton? I mean, go for Gabby Tulsi. Uh, Gabby, uh, was it? Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. There you go. She's hot. Bad skin. I Real don't bad care. skin. That's a whole other conversation we could do. The, the the female for me who's most likely is Christy Noem, the governor of uh, South Dakota. Yeah, but she wouldn't stand up for for uh, stopping boys going in girls' sports and stuff like that. She is hot. Dang. She's a little skinny, though. Ding, too, ding. A little too skinny. Is she? Dude. Nothing at hand. It's those eyes. You're just mesmerized by those blue eyes of hers. She's a cowboy girl, too. Yeah, absolutely. But she's too skinny. And she's got the right policies, Kev. <laughs> Does she? <laughs> For the most part. Yeah, I just, but I don't think that Hillary Clinton, I, I pick up any woman other than Hillary Clinton. But the Democrats didn't have anybody, and we didn't have, you. listen, Trump is bombastic. Egotistical and was perfect for 2016 after eight years of. You forgot asshole. He is an asshole. But, and much like you're seeing now, he's boasting, going after Ron DeSantis. Oh, I'm going to, if you know, if you run against me or whatever, I'm going to, I know things your wife doesn't know. Like, dude, why? Less is more. Again, like I say about Dave Hughes, you don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. He, I was not on board with, like, him just going away until a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I think he's got to go. Yeah, I just, I just, Can't and everyone retire. Go back to making money hand over fist. And now you're saying people like all the people that back DeSantis are the ones that are you know Meghan McCain and all those people and the Bushes and everything. Um, I doubt it. Show me, show me what you got. 
Show me what you got when it comes to that. Oh, he met with him? Oh, oh you want to play this game then? Yeah. Donald Trump met with Jeffrey Epstein how many times? Well, this is, uh, I get it. I don't think Trump's a pedophile, but don't start that game if you don't want to play because I don't think anybody would want the whole Epstein thing is like prostate cancer, which is just a dead killer. You know what I mean? But I, I think this election was the best that we had was Fetterman and Oz, and I cannot believe the amount of people that I saw voting for Fetterman because they felt sorry for him. You said that to me on the phone the other day, and I I was in utter shock and disbelief. It's all over next door. I cannot imagine. <laughs> I, this is a person that's going to make decisions but he's not. about your life. But, but you understand what I'm saying. I do. I do. And you want to put him in there because you feel bad for him? Mm-hmm. I can tell you a pretty goddamn sob story. Right. Vote me into the Senate. Let me go have some fun. Me too. Right? <laughs> right. But that's the same the same reason why they voted for Joe Biden. He's an old man. He's feeble. What damage is he going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Destroy the country <laughs> the in less than years. two years? Right? But I, with Fetterman, he can't even form a sentence. The Eagles are better than the Eagles. It's true. Good night, everybody. It's true that the Eagles are better than the Eagles, though. I mean, you know, he he said it in an awkward way, but it's true that the Eagles are better than the Eagles. I mean, but he also said that he, this, this is how dumb people are that voted for him. To, he said, I support the demise of Roe Roe v. Wade. He did. <laughs> and all the all the people are like, oh, see, he's got our hand. And the funny part is, and I said this before, all these union-backed politicians never worked a union job in their life. They never got any dirt. In, they never wore a blue collar. That, oh, I almost said the F-bomb. That guy wears a hoodie and everyone thinks that he's working class. The guy's never held a job until he was the mayor of Braddock. And that's not a job. And his mommy and daddy gave him 50K a year. And that was the point I said to people, if you think he fixed Braddock, go on YouTube and look up the inter- interview with the current mayor of Braddock. She's a very attractive young black woman. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that interview. She walks around the town. He was never there. He didn't do anything. You know what I mean? I, I just he built and, a reputation of lies. And with Oz, the guys, it, it, the guys from New Jersey. That's enough of a point right there. That enough people are going to vote for him. Most of the people that voted for Oz were the ones that didn't that voted against Fetterman, and yeah. that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. And I, I cannot believe with Shapiro. I know you weren't a big fan of Mastriano, yep. but this is the reason why we're going to get into this too because I told you about this earlier in the week. The Republicans are so bad at messaging. I, I, My wife and I were talking about this. We've been talking about this for six months. I talked about this the last time we were on air, that yeah. the Republicans are so bad at messaging. They have so many points that they could blast Democrats with. Yep. But the problem is, is that the Republicans were for lockdowns too. Donald Trump was the one who initiated him. He did. Two weeks to slow the curve. He's up on that White House press thing talking about it. It was left to the states to do that. Eventually, but in the beginning, he pushed it. You don't think the Fed, you don't think the President of the United States has anything to do with that? What did he do to what did he do to the governor of, of, of Georgia when he opened up early? Oh, he eviscerated he, him. Yeah, he, he went after him. Right? It's too soon. You can't do that. Right. People are gonna die. Right. 
So my point is, is that the Democrats as a whole in Pennsylvania, we're talking about Pennsylvania now. Yep. What Josh Shapiro and Wolf did, and Fetterman, he was lieutenant governor, governor, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Josh was the second uh, was the attorney general. They shut your schools down. They destroyed your businesses. And did you hear one Republican even pushing that? Doug Mastriano did, but he didn't have the voice because he didn't have the money. Nope. Because Mitch McConnell and Carl Rove took the money away from him, which are Republicans. He had enough problems. I mean, it, that wasn't the only issue that that, that Mastriano had. And, and Mastriano's main problem was he is the worst candidate ever in the state of Pennsylvania. Worst <laughs> Ever. I don't know about worst ever, but he made every single wrong move that could be made, and he lost to a guy who is a mirror of the guy who killed thousands and thousands of yep. people, elderly and yep. otherwise, locked down this state, yep. destroyed businesses, destroyed livelihoods, and he Mastriano lost to that guy big by twelve points. Yep. A Double midget, digit loss. A midget. The worst <laughs> candidate in Pennsylvania history. And let me tell you something. For governor, yes. Fetterman was probably the worst candidate ever for any Pennsylvania seat. He won. Mm-hmm. That's why you got do you think there was cheating? Do, do I think what? There was cheating. No. I think there was cheating. I think do I do enough to maybe swing the election? No. I don't think they had to. I think that I think that I I think they cheat in every election. So do Republicans in certain areas. In in th- there's a certain amount, mm-hmm. but but it's not as you said, it's not enough to change. I don't think it was like a 2020 like 2 a.m. dump. Dude, my buddy Pete, uh, Pistol Pete me, Maravich. Yes, nice. He told me that he ran for uh, he ran for state rep back in the late 80s, and the guy and I can't remember this dude's name. But he was the mayor of Reading, okay, and went on to be a state rep. If I think about it long enough, I'll remember. Mm-hmm. But Pete went to him. He was he was buddies with him, and he was like, oh, I, I need 300 signatures. And the guy told him, get like 10 or 20 signatures, then take your clipboard, go down to the cemetery up off of Cotton Street, and write, all the- write down names, and make up addresses to get to 350 or 400, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I said, Pete, did you do that? He said, hell no, I didn't do that. Because yeah. I knew I would get caught. Well, yeah. But, but it's also not that this hard. This guy told him to do it that way because that's the way they do it. Yep. Yep. It's not that hard to get that many signatures. I think I had to get 1,000 when I, when I pledged. <laughs> In one day. I ran for Congress in 1996 for the Libertarian Party. I had to get 2,600 signatures. (laughs) That was harsh. We got them. Yeah. Then I got tossed out of the election by Christian Leinbach. I don't like that guy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's this election was unbelievable, and and the in in my estimation, every person. Every person, for the sake of you Republicans out there, every person who is in the state GOP uh, committee and every person who is a member of a county committee should be forced to resign. Oh, yeah. Because they completely blew this election. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
they did not they did not strategize properly. No. They did not work it because this was completely and totally they should have beaten them into the ground. Yep, but they're going to tell you they didn't have the money. It's all about the money, Jerry. I don't care. I don't care either. They and because if you're if money. you're doing it for your kids' future, you're doing it for the future of American future generations of Americans' freedoms, you get your ass out there and you do it. That's why I did it for 20 years. But I don't I think Rona was her name, Rona McDaniel, Rona, whatever the hell her yeah. name is. She's yeah. hard. The head of the RNC. She is horrible. Even after the 2020 fiasco, she still, they still, and Trump was giving her bravo. Yeah. God. See, the only thing is, this helps me as a libertarian. This helps my party because I now know that the people in the GOP are completely feckless. Mm-hmm. And we actually only have to deal with the Democrat Party. But I don't even, like I said to my wife, I don't even think Republicans wanted to win. They would rather that Mitch McConnell and Tim Ryan and those guys, they don't, I don't think they want to win. They're fine with losing, they're fine with being in minority because then they really don't have to hear from their constituents. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And then there, it's more they harsh. They still hear them. Right. They still hear them, but they're in a minority. And what can you always use? What did the Republicans do in 2000? Well, we're in a minority. We can't do anything. You can't stop Biden. We're in a minority. We're in a minority. It's funny that the Democrats can imagine to do anything when they're in a minority. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. People seem to forget. And let's remind the Republicans in the room. The first year, first two years of Trump's presidency... Jerry, who held the House? The Republicans. Who held the Senate? That would be the Republicans. And then the White House? Trump was um, a Republican. He was a Republican. Yeah, yeah so I they had all three. So, And what for the first two years did the Republicans do? Nothing. They investigated Trump for Russia, 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 didn't they? Yes, they did. And they raised the military budget, mm-hmm. and they gave welfare to farmers, after Trump put up uh, tariffs. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they spent more money, as they always do. That's they, why there is not a dime's worth of difference between the Republican and Democrat parties. Well, you could really go far as CISA. You know what CISA is? I should go with the spying and everything. Trump oh, signed, that's the that's the, the, the domestic stuff. Yes. Yeah, that's what Trump signed on to, too. I, and the guy surrounded himself. And everyone's like talking about, oh, DeSantis' establishment. Okay, let's take a pause for a second. I'm going to open the conversation about that. I don't know DeSantis other than his policies, okay, and what he says. If if DeSantis is establishment, who was it that – let's just go down the line here. Who was it that nominated Christopher Ray for the FBI? I don't know. It was Trump. It was Trump. Okay. Okay. Who was the one that na- that that um, nominated Gina Haspel for the CIA director? That was Trump. Okay. Okay. Just just checking. And who's the FBI? The FBI has been screwing over. All of us. Gina Haspel. <laughs> no. But this is the point. Is like Chris Ray. Everyone hates Chris Ray. Hey, ding dongs. Who do you think put him in there? Well, he got bad. He got bad advice. How many times did Trump get bad advice? Because he put Mike Pompeo in there. And if you love Mike Pompeo, which I used to, who do you think stopped those documents, Russia, Russia documents from coming out? Oh, that was Mike Pompeo. Okay. And Gina Haspel, the CIA director. Okay. So Trump doesn't surround himself with the greatest people. But he thinks he does. Just look who he's surrounding himself with. That won't allow it. 
Right. And then he won't say that he's wrong. What's he boasting about right now? I don't want to talk about Trump. Right, but what's he boasting about right now? 173 to 19 or whatever. Being, I don't know, being orange. <laughs> He's right. boasting about being orange. Yeah. But now we have now we have Fetterman, mm-hmm. who can't put a sentence together. Right. And we have Shapiro, which I... I, th- I was thinking about this today. If wait, you own... Wait, wait, wait one second. Wait, who do we have? <laughs> Hang on a second. Is this, God damn it. Is this a, you got to have this stuff lined up. I thought I did. So quick question. Go ahead. Not question, statement. If you voted for Shapiro and you have a small business, you're an idiot. You are. And if you voted for Fetterman. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Like, if you say, well, I'm vote Democrat, Democrat. In Pennsylvania, who shut down your business? Democrat. Mm-hmm. Who 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 made it so you couldn't see your kid being born? That was a Democrat. Who was it that stopped you from seeing your grandmother as she was dying? That was a Democrat. Yes, it was. These are the points. With the help of the Republicans. Yep. But this is the point is how many... No, well, necessarily it was Wolf and the Department of Health, which is not Republicans. That was done by edict. That wasn't done by the legislator. Less legislature. They did nothing to stop him. True. They could have scalped him. No, wait, he's already bald. <laughs> he was scalped by the Native Americans on this trip out there. No, but that's my point of why weren't the Republicans saying this stuff? In because Pennsylvania. They're in on it. Exactly. Like Andrew Wilkow says, you're just picking a stick to get beat with. They're just as worthless. There's not a dime's worth of difference between them. Do you want to go over these predictions and show I people do. and so, tell, so tell people the, how long how wrong I was? One of the things that we did. Was uh, I actually? I, I wanted to turn it into a bit where we made it look like we actually <laughs> Knew didn't know worked. anything about the election. Boy, did that go wrong? Yeah, but uh, then I said I, I I called you and I said write down your predictions for these things, okay, and we'll compare notes. Yeah. Okay, so these are our actual predictions made like three o'clock Tuesday before the polls. Closed. Well, no, let's get factual. You, we talked around that time and said, hey, because I was taking my son hunting. Yeah. I said, we're going to be home a little bit before 7. So I was rushing to get these done. That's that's my excuse. Okay, what's the time on your email? Shit, i got to put my glasses back on. Uh, 7, 11 p.m. There you go, see? See, I'm not lying. Yep. And mine was at 2.50. Yes, sir. I didn't get home out of the woods until like 5.30. Okay. So... Uh, local U.S. House. <laughs> I picked Chrissy Houlihan, Hollahan by 2%. And what was the final on that one? The final on that one was Chrissy Hollahan by 14%. I said I said guy uh, by 3%. Boy, it was rocky. We could add ours up. And still not get halfway there. <laughs> yes. Like, she made a fool of herself. She did. During the impeachment time, so did that, uh, what was the other What was the other woman from Pennsylvania? Susan Wilde. No. Let's Madeline see. Dean. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wanted to poke my eyes out with her. Yeah. So, okay, so so that's a win for me. <laughs> yeah, at least. I was win. off by 10. You were off by 10, and that's you winning. Missed, you, you missed the prediction completely. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so I was for, rushed. 
I was rushed. Uh, U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had Oz by 2%. You had Oz by 4 And it turned out to be Fetterman by 4 I was dyslexic and rushed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. I meant to write yeah, Fetterman. I, I meant Fetterman on there. What, what is I spelled? What happened? And I capitalized Oz. Damn it. Okay. Pennsylvania governor. What mm. do you have? Mastriano by 3%. And I have Shapiro by 9%. And he won by 14. Yeah. So you were wrong. Um, yeah, I was. Ne- next. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. Okay. So, well, you were. I was just really wrong. So, <laughs> really so wrong. So these are uh, U.S. House and U.S. Senate mm-hmm. totals. Mm-hmm. Okay, which we still we don't, don't have the numbers. We don't know. We're going to have to stick this on the wall. And yeah. then bring it up next time. That's actually a very good idea. So you give yours first, and I'll pull up where we Which are. I'm going to be way off. Senate GOP, 54. Democrats, 46. Which isn't that... Isn't, I think you're going to be closer with yours. I am closer, but I'm still off. Right. But I think I was only two ahead of you, right? Okay. For the better? Yeah, something like that. Was so, it 51, 40, 48 right now or something like that? And there's one that's No, currently... Well, New York Times has Republicans 49, Democrats 48. But supposedly they're being very slow on the calls for Arizona and Nevada. And supposedly the Republicans both won those. Right. That's the scuttlebutt that's out there. Right. And then when they bring in ballots... You know what's so funny is, and we talked about this point too, is so Biden and all the Democrats, all the media, they're doing all these articles saying that, you know... We have to make sure, don't get violent, don't get crazy, be mm-hmm. patient. It could be a couple of weeks until the election results are in. Yeah. Just relax. Sit down, have a bourbon, whatever you do. Yeah. Just don't get violent. It's going to take weeks to wait until the results. Mm-hmm. Tuesday nights are like, Democrats won. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> right? Elections are done. We know already. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, I thought this was going to take a couple weeks. Pennsylvania said they were going to last till November 14th. This is not going to be done. Yes. And they knew on Tuesday night that Fetterman won. Isn't that amazing? It really is. All the ones where Republicans weren't, except for, this is the part where I think, I think the Democrats are going along with this. This is what we talked before. It's, it's like WWF wrestling. Yeah. Where they're like, okay, we're going to, the bad guys are going to, we're going to do this. And then these guys are going to be do this. And then the Democrats are going to say, we're going to take this one. And then the Republicans are going to take this one. Well, we're going to take the seats and we're going to keep it real close. We're going to keep it like 5149. So we'll give you, we'll give you the next two years of controlling the Senate, right? But you're going to pass some stuff that we want to pass. Okay. Mitch McConnell's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do this. Okay. And that's what they're doing. They got Georgia quick. Florida. I mean, DeSantis did some changes in Florida to make sure there's, you know, not... Did you know this? In Pennsylvania, early voting started as early as September. You, you mean mail-in voting? Early voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was September. I thought it was early October. Mm-hmm. Think about that. September. Like, now it's like the, like Jack Posebiak or whatever his name is on Twitter. He's like, we have a voting season in Pennsylvania now. It's almost as long as the bow no, hunting season. it's true. It's true. It's almost as long as the bow hunting season. Yeah. <clears throat> Seriously. 
And this is why no one, and the funniest part is you hear Democrats, well, Republicans are attacking democracy. A, even my kids know that we're not a democracy or a republic, which I found out today. My son, I picked my son and his buddy up to, they were playing basketball after school. And um, my son's buddy said, you know, all of our teachers say that we're a democracy. And I was like, oh my God. All your teachers are wrong. Right. That's what I said, because they're mostly liberals then. Right. And these are the people that are teaching our kids. Well, they didn't learn civics either. But I don't care, then don't say it. If you don't know what you're talking about, then they shut don't your know mouth. That they don't know. Oh, that's scary. They don't know that they but don't this know. Is, and this is the part that our kid my kids and my and my my son's buddies, parents, you know, their kid, they know what the hell they're they know we're a republic. You know one of the reasons why, which I taught my daughter, I remember she was like in first or second grade and it was pick a book. Yeah. She brought I still have a picture of it somewhere. And she brought home it was a First Amendment book. I was so proud. My little girl bringing a First Amendment book. Great. Awesome. Freedom of speech, right? And then my kids, I, one of the reasons I taught my kids that we're not, a, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. Because every child in America, most places, says the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. What's the Pledge of Allegiance say? It doesn't say to the democracy for which it stands. It says to the republic. So if you are standing in a classroom telling your students that we're a democracy, you should be fired. Fired. Get out. Do you want to stop at firing? No. Well. Or will you go further? Can I sit him down and ask him a few questions? And then we decide. Okay. Not right off the bat. Like, I'll give you a three strikes you're out. You answer three questions incorrectly. <laughs> we might Mussolini you. We're just, we're just saying. But that's, that's scary, man. Okay. So the last one that we came up with was uh, U.S. House. What did you have? Um, house. Uh, 242 GOP to Democrats, 193. Okay, I got GOP 234, 201 Dems. We're both going to be wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Because they've got 400 called. It's 209-191 for Republicans. Mm -hmm. That means there's 35 left, and there's no way they're all going one way. No, they're saying that the the Republicans are going to take the House. Then you have the people that are saying that it was still a red wave. The Republicans have taken the House, which they may or may not happen. You never know with the way elections are nowadays. Um, and then Republicans are going to take the Senate. So of course it was a red wave. They have the both. They have both. Uh, you know, houses in government. You have the Senate and you have the House of Representatives. Dude, there was people talking seriously. All right. Look at there my people. Look at, look at, no, look at my I predictions. Heard a couple of people say, "Oh, they could be upwards of fifty-eight or 60 mm-hmm. in the Senate. I was like, "You're on drugs, man. That is not going to happen in this divided country." Yeah. And when you put it together with, and this is the hindsight part, who did we just elect in Pennsylvania? Hi. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm. People aren't smart enough to... to no. It, it, it's too divided. It is too divided, but I also think it's the same thing that we that I think we've talked about every election for the last 10 years. That I... Because really, really looking at the numbers, it's one of the reasons why I have my whole theory on, on white women and everything. Because if you look at the voting numbers for the past 10 years, it's just insane. The same people that voted for Obama or elected Obama or the same people that elected Trump or the same people that elected Biden. And it wasn't you and me. Let's just say that. Um, but Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, the big union cities, those are the ones that vote blue. You look at the map of Pennsylvania, it's all red except for three cities. 
pretty much. Well, Erie, Pittsburgh, Redding, Philadelphia, blue, and Allentown. Scranton. Yeah. All the cities are yeah, blue. It's true. But Pennsylvania is a red if you look. And you know what's funny is I saw some dumb thing said on Instagram. You don't hear Democrats talking about the popular vote now. It's because that's a federal seat and not a state seat. Yeah. So it's kind of lost on them, I guess, the understanding of the two. There, there's only one. <laughs> there's only one president. That gets the electoral right. college. But that's, I like, Andrew Wilkow, I've been listening to him for however long he's been on air. I agree with him. There should be an electoral college at the state level. I, I am intrigued by that idea. Mm-hmm. I should. like it because you, you would get proper representation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why. It'd be good. Why do why do we have electoral? I was explaining it to the boys when I picked them up today. We have an electoral college at the federal level, is so we don't have California and New York dictating to the rest of the country. That's right. Right. There's no. There's Delaware no, gets a voice. Vermont gets a voice. Right. If that's the way it should be, at the states level too. Yeah. Is because if how many elections are we going to have where Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Erie and Allentown and Scranton? That's been that way of everyone for what last ten years. Yeah. It got worse this year too. And it's going to get worse next year, or two years from now, and yep. two years from now, and two years from now, and two yep. years from now. No question. Mm-hmm. Because do you think do you think Pennsylvania whole the citizenry are going to get? More, or you think they're going to get poorer or richer? I'm going to go poor. Right. And most of the time, you move into cities when you're poor. Yep. And then you're never going to vote for an empty belly, ever. That's right. And when you have politicians that offer you free stuff, student loans, it ain't free. I understand it's not free, but it doesn't matter when it's coming from the mouth of a politician that's offering, you're going to vote for them. I know people that are very well off. They have two daughters in college, and this I stopped talking to a woman three, four years ago because of this. She was voting for Hillary Clinton because Hillary said that she was going to do free tuition for kids. Think about that. And these people, people can afford it. These people, right, they make way more money than I and my wife do, and they could afford it, but they wanted free college for their girls. Such an idiot. Like I, I couldn't have no, any. No, that that's called a glommer. That's mm-hmm. a person who gloms everything. I could not. They want everybody else to pay for them. Yeah, I could not have any more conversations with the woman. I stopped talking to. Her. Yeah, I, I wasn't like close friends. Or it was just you know somebody I know. It's not a, you're not a serious person. So that can be the election. Thank God, me. that we should keep this on the side here. We'll have to stuff, okay. shove it underneath here because. It's it was it was a sad election, but I I just look at us as again that's the best we have to offer as Fetterman and Oz. But also when you do have someone that's almost in a vegetated state, that's who you're that's who you just elected to the most. What body, Jerry? The most most the the, the greatest deliberative body in the world. Yep, the U.S. Senate. The greatest deliberative body in the world now has a senator who starts a night off like this. Hi. Good night, everybody. Yep. Pennsylvanians are assholes. <laughs> On Twitter, they weren't saying that. Yeah. Like a couple of my forums that I go to, I've been going to for like 20 years. Everybody's like, what the F, Pennsylvania? Thanks a lot, Pennsylvania. What are you guys doing, Pennsylvania? What's in the water in Pennsylvania? And I, dude, I don't know what to tell you, Valid man. Valid question. I don't know what to tell you. 
How do how do you vote for it? What you feel you feel empathy for the guy? Okay, you can feel sorry for him. It doesn't mean you want him to vote for you in the U.S. Senate. Nope. Well, I want to codify abortion. Wait a minute. You're an idiot. In Pennsylvania, you can still kill your baby up to 24 weeks. What are you talking about? Yeah. You want to codify abortion at the federal level. Wait. The ruling that just came down said... You can. The federal government has nothing to do with this. So any law you pass would be unconstitutional due to that ruling. So... That's a talking point. Right, but it's also the talking point that the, the Democrats passed that gun control bill because you can't do that either because of the Heller case. Right. But they, this is the part, like, this is the thing that I was telling you of why Doug Mastriano went every week and knocked on Governor Wolf's door and put that piece of paper underneath. You mean the worst candidate in Pennsylvania <laughs> history and one of the biggest losers ever? Yeah. Who couldn't get elected to dog catcher outside of his stupid little county? That but, guy? Here's the thing that bothered me, too. He's from Allegheny County, right? No, Westmoreland, I think. I thought he was from Allegheny County. Go on, I'll look it up. Did you know Allegheny County had like more mail-in ballots than Philadelphia? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I met Dog Mastriano, nice guy, very genuine. Um he's not like um like my wife said, he's not super charismatic. So, but you get what he's saying, and he honestly, he felt genuine when I spoke with him. Nice guy. His policies, you know what I mean? Constitutional carry and everything. Let's just hope Pennsylvania kept the legislature, and then we can just stop Shapiro like they stopped Wolf the past several, past couple of years. You know what I mean? But they still did all the lockdowns, which, yeah. So, so he's from the central part of the state, serving Adams, Cumberland, Franklin, and York County. So he's somewhere in that area. Okay, I didn't know if he was from Allegheny. Like, if he was, you know what I mean? I don't know, but that's where he's coming from. And outside of that area, he couldn't get elected a dog catcher. No, I, I mean, the. I'm going to keep saying it, the worst candidate in Pennsylvania history. I don't know about the that. The worst. I don't know about that. He couldn't beat the guy. That's true. Who was in favor of lockdowns. The worst that's true. candidate in Pennsylvania history. Yeah. I'm going to keep going with that. It's true, and I don't know how you can't win it. And that's why everyone's like, I can't believe it. Well, it has to be cheating. Well, I'm sure there was cheating, but I'm also sure that that the Republicans, uh, the RNC, did not help Doug Mastriano at all. No, it's true. And Carl Rove did not. And that money, I sent you that article where they were yeah, keeping yeah. money from Mastriano, yeah. which we hate money in politics. I think everybody hates money in politics, but we're also like, it's needed. But it's one of the reasons why I can't stand politics anymore is because it's all about money. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take this stance. I'm going to cozy up to this person. Well, they have the money. They control the money. Well, then that's not really... That's the problem. That's it's not a fix. That's a problem. It's piling a problem on top of a problem. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here. And uh, as you know, Kev, mm. tomorrow yes, night is the big football game. Yes. I'm super excited for it. I really, I don't know if I'm going to go if it's in the rain. I really don't want to sit in the rain. I don't hunt in the rain anymore. I paid my dues. There is a rumor floating out there that it might get moved to Saturday. Mm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. I may have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a rumor floating. Let's hope it does then because I'll be there cheering. Yeah. I'll be there cheering on Saturday. So we'll be covering that on the Exeter Sports. But if it's raining, I'm going to be in the damn box. They're going to be like, who's the six foot five blonde guy standing in the back not saying anything? I'm like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Who's the guy eating all the food? <laughs> I've never eaten a damn pizza. You yelled at me for not eating the pizza one. I felt bad because I didn't want to eat your guys' pizza. So, uh, so one of the things that that we have on the show tonight, we're going to call Darren Ziner, who is one of our announcers for the Exeter Sports Network, nice. and he's going to tell us about the game. Now, let's see if Darren is near his phone or if he forgot. Okay, let's give this a shot. Any day now. Thank you. Okay, it's ringing. Is this Cookie Puss? <laughs> it's not Cookie Puss. Hi, Jerry. Hallelujah, Darren picked up. Hi, Darren. How you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. As you know, you are on the air with Kevin I. Say hello to Kev. Kevin, pleasure. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Absolutely. Did you guys meet at Birdie's? I think so, yes. yes. I think so. You we, guys, I believe we did, yes. You guys do a hell of a job. You really do. Say thank you, Darren. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> he's totally he's blushing. He's blushing. He could, he's, I could see it through the mic. He's blushing. So, Darren, we are here to talk about the big football game versus Dover area. Where do you want to start? Well, we can start off the number two ranked Exeter Eagles, the number seven ranked Dover area Eagles. I'll tell you, Jerry, Kevin, it'll be interesting calling this game because I'm so accustomed on the big play saying the Eagles basically touchdown, and I'm going to have to do that a little differently. So that'll pose a little bit of a challenge, but I think we're going to manage our way through that. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty excited about it because Last week's Exeter 21-17 win against Mannheim Central, it was one of those where not everything was clicking for Exeter in that game. But you know what? As they have been doing, and Jerry, you've seen this all year long, Richie Karstein, power and speed, 30 rushes, wow. 157 yards, two TDs. And Jerry, I don't have to tell you, we can probably expect a, a good part of that tomorrow night, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's going to be mucky and ugly, and there's not going to be any throwing that ball. Uh, so it's going to be Karstein, and it's going to be Pascal coming in to relieve him occasionally. But uh, I'm going to make a prediction. Karstein has a 275-yard game. Wow. Wow. You really, you know, with the weather the way it's supposed to be, they're going to rely on him heavily the only reason I would take some of those yards away, as you know, and this happened last week or two weeks ago, Joey Schlaffer, he had that huge momentum changer, you know, setting that play up again. Mason Rotelli went back to pass. He got hit, fell awkwardly, came out of the play, came out of the game for one play. Joey Schlaffer comes in the Wildcat, and what does he do? Well, the Penn State commit takes it around and 70 yards for the touchdown. And if you remember, it was 17-7 at that point. Mannheim Central, the lead, all the momentum. And they're in the second before halftime. Uh, their lead's cut to three. So expect to see Joey in that wildcat in some capacity to keep that defense honest. Yeah, if you guys, if you, the offense is what it is. And the, the, I don't know if you listen to the show, but the week before that game, 
or the show before that game, I had said it's the big dogs down and the defense is going to want to, you know, I mean, that needs to get a little bit more props and some pats on the back. And I listened to you guys do the game that night, and it was one hell of a game. It was a nail biter. It was awesome. And at the end, and, you know, Joey's great, and all those guys on the offense are great. But, man, let's give some props to the dogs down in the dirt that the defense is the one. And I think tomorrow this is that's going to be the game changer. Joey's going to do Joey. You know, the running backs are going to do the running backs and everything. But I think the defense, at the end of the day, as we know, defense wins championships, offense gets you there. Like Jerry and I were talking before the show tonight. 85 Bears, 2001 um, Baltimore Ravens. I'm not saying these guys are NFL guys, but defense wins championships. And I think the extra defense is going to come through tomorrow night. Kevin, you're exactly right. When we did the Exeter football roundup, over at the Reading Leader Crunch, we interviewed two of those defensive stalwarts that you're talking about. Lucas Palange, he leads the team 64 total tackles, 33 solo, 31 assists, eight tackles for loss. It was Luke who ultimately forced a 10-yard loss on a sack. A huge play for Mannheim Central late in that game. Takes the ball all the way to the Exeter Eagles' two-yard mm-hmm. line. And Lucas Palange comes up with the play of the game, forcing that 10-yard loss. And ultimately, the defense is able to hold firm from there and close out that 21-17 win. But in addition to Lucas, and Jerry, you know this. I better say this right. Jonathan Martin, he's second on the team, 51 (laughs) total tackles, 22 solo, 29 assists, 11 tackles for loss. Talked about Kyle Laschel uh, with 45 total tackles. Kevin, you're exactly right. If this comes down to yep. a defensive game, Exeter certainly has the horses out there in order to stop that offense. Oh, yeah, and the defense is the one that get. Let's be honest, the defense won that, that game against Manheim. That's who won the oh, game at the end of the day. At the end of the day, is now as an Exeter fan and an Exeter parent, I'm looking at the games and I'm like used to like 52 nothing or 52 by halftime, 50 putting up that points. But obviously, the better teams that you're going to play, you're going to play, you're going to score less points. And at that point, if you have a good defense, you're still going to win, and Exeter's still winning. And you're right. If you remember that game, 17-14, Mannheim Central at the half. What does Exeter do to them in the second half? They shut them out. Yep. So at that point, you're exactly right. That defense rises. And here's the thing. We talked about Lucas Milan, Jonathan Martin, Kyle Ash. We didn't even mention the 6'6", 280-pound behemoth, Anthony Cachese. I mean, you didn't even – we didn't even mention him, and he's the fourth guy on the list that we're talking about, although trust me, he's not number four, so to speak. (laughs) The, The size that he has, the space that he takes up, we're talking defense, of course, on the offensive line as well. That defense is second to none in Berks County. He is a big boy. I stood next to him, and I am a I'm a large person. Not large. I'm tall and skinny. I'm six foot five, maybe a little shorter these days, but I'm six five. And I was standing next to him, and I was like, "That's a, how old is this kid? 17, 16, 17, 18 years old." I'm like, "Man, that's probably how kids, guy, older guys looked at me when I was a kid." Darren, how many times have we <laughs> said from from the time that you went down on the field? to interview uh, Kachese after the game. 
It, it was it was a Looney Tune situation. And I say this every <laughs> single time we talk about it. Here I am holding the microphone, looking up at Cachese. He could have taken a fist and pounded me into the ground like one of those Looney Tune commercials. <laughs> and it would have were, were, you know, cartoons and it would have just fit the bill perfectly. But uh, a monster of a guy. But you couldn't ask for anyone nicer, uh, anyone more sincere as far as the attention that he gets, of course. He's heading to the University of Delaware, so it'll be fun to see him down there uh, once that time comes. But so much talent, as you mentioned, Kevin, on the defensive end that it's going to be exciting to see uh, what they can do to the Dover Eagles and shut those uh, shut some of their offense down. Do they have a a potent offense, Darren? I'm going to say it's it's sporadic. I took a look at their game that they won over Garden Spot. Yes, it was 40-21, but early in that game, Garden Spot had some huge plays. They connected on an 80-yard catch and run TD. There was another 72-yard run by their uh, running back, Gavin Mullins. Actually, it was uh, Weaver. He was the guy who took it 72 yards. So they can be hit with the big play. I don't certainly see their defense being as as stout as Exeter's. So I think the Exeter offense will certainly have their opportunities. They'll have to limit the penalties one week ago, 11 for 87 yards. That's something that they can't give up while they move into these quarterfinals. Of course, uh, final games uh, towards that championship that we're all hoping for. But it is something that I know, Coach Bauer, we talked about it throughout the season where he continually reminds them to own up to their responsibilities and cut those penalties down. Hey, Darren, let me ask you a question. Do you think that normally when teams have a bye, they can either use it to rest up and get better and be better, you know, the game plan be better utilized and have it more practice towards the said game plan? Or do you think sometimes that the uh, a team with that type of layoff can have a little bit of rust build up and, and just, no? Not this team. Uh- uh, you know what? Uh, depending on who it is, depending on who it is, I would say a little of both. However, and Jerry, you can back me up on this. We have heard Coach Matt Bauer and his approach to practice and to how mentally he prepares his team, not only fundamentally, but what he puts in their minds as to what they need to focus on. And for that reason alone, this Exeter team, there isn't going to be any rust. Mason Ritelli throughout the entire year, sometimes he's, you know, maybe not been as stellar. He's had a fantastic season, don't get me wrong. But the way Coach Bauer and the coaching staff has coached him up and the mentality that Mason Ritelli has, he'll be able to put it together. That offensive line is big. They'll give it to Richie Karstein. And let's face it, when you've got power and that big a line, it's going to wear down that defense. So, in this situation, I don't see Russ being much of an issue at all. That's what I think the key is going to be is running and defense. I think that's if if the running backs has a good game and the defense keeps the points low, I think that because that normally goes against what the normal Exeter do. Exeter is a very big play-oriented team. But from what you just said about Dover, from what I know about football, 
if they're having breakdowns in that, that's their corners and their 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 linebackers and their CBs and stuff like that and their safeties. Maybe they're a little bit weaker and, and Exeter can utilize that because if they're doing that against they're having seventy or eighty yard runs, that's secondary. That that's 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 not stopping them at the line, but that's also that person being able to get through your the linebackers and the corners to do those big plays. And that's right, Kevin. And you we're talking about the offense, the defense. We haven't even touched on special teams yet. Nathan Pashley in the return game for Exeter, averaging over 25 yards, a kickoff return. When you're putting your team in excellent field position time and time again, as Nathan has Nathan has throughout the season, uh, certainly short fields. I don't have to tell you guys what those do. And they also have Matthew Skipper, 28 PATs, successful PATs on the year, Kick two field goals in addition to that. So even in the special team situation, now weather could, of course, play a factor there. But even in special teams, Exeter gets the nod. They are so sound in all three aspects of the game that it's really the reason that they're undefeated going into this week's game. Darren, not to mention that we've got a legitimate two-point attempt threat do we not? We absolutely do. Carter Redding, one of those where we had the talk with Coach Bauer earlier in the year, whether or not some of these two-pointers that Carter Redding has converted were scripted or not. And, of course, we get that wry smile from him. But Carter Redding, even putting the ball down for Matthew Skipper, if something goes awry, he's got the wherewithal to pull that ball down and make a big play happen for points. So, right, you're talking special teams. Add Carter Redding to the mix. Which he's done five times, Darren. I counted him up. <laughs> he has. That's something else. Yeah, he's, a, he's a heck of an athlete. His, his, his name came at dinner tonight uh, at my family household because we were talking about freshmen playing and Carter had he had started when he was a freshman. And, and, you know, when you get older, you normally start. And I said, you know, it's amazing about those kids that are freshmen that don't play. They put the same amount of time in that the starters do, and you do the same three a days during the August, and you know what I mean. You go to the same practices, and you you don't play. You have to have an inspiring coach to make those freshmen want to stick to it, want to come to practice every day, and not play. Okay, so so let's speak to that, Darren. <laughs> uh, what he's saying about having an inspiring coach. Last right. week of the leader Krons. Okay, now now here's the setup for everybody. The players who were there were in under the pavilion. We're out in the open. The the parents, the coaches, and everybody else is out with us. We start interviewing folks, and we call Coach Bauer up. I watched it happen. I don't know. I think you were concentrating on talking to the coach, but I watched it happen. Those kids got up in a block and ran over to near where we were to watch their coach. They heard his voice and ran to him. Correct, Darren? Yeah, guys. You know, one of the things, if anybody has ever played sports, that in a in a solid environment is where not only do the players, of course, have respect for the coach, but the coach has respect for the players. And that we saw front and center in that situation that you're talking about, Jerry. It was a matter of not only hearing Coach Bauer, how much these kids mean to him and how much time and effort he's put in for them, but also how these kids respond to him. 
and nothing more evident than Jerry, as you mentioned, at the leader crunch. Yeah, they they and and it wasn't like they were having a great time in there by themselves. You know, they were eating, throwing food at each other, doing all that stuff that teenagers do. They heard his voice, and it was not like people tapping each other on the shoulder. They got up and ran over. That's right, they did. And, you know, I'm going to talk about the offensive line a little bit because they're sometimes the unsung heroes. They're in the trenches. They're knocking guys around. But you're going to hear about Richie Karstein and the numbers that he puts up or Mason Ritelli, those numbers. But you've got the McConnell brothers, Matt and Ryan, uh, unbelievable as far as they've been there all year long, just so solid in their blocks. Kyle Lash is there. Anthony Cachese is there. And Keegan, and I'm always going to forget his name because I don't have it, and I always say Keegan. Sabaka. Yes, he he has been there as well. It has been a solid line, as solid as you can expect. And they've been playing together for years, and it really, really comes down to the play that those guys have had all year round to just push these other teams around and and give those holes to Pascal and Karstein. Uh, Pharrell Caceres has been in the backfield. So yeah. seeing what they can do, it's 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 been really a lot of fun. I think those I think the running backs and the success that the team has had always starts on the offensive and defensive line when it comes to both things. Is like if you're not you're not making holes and it doesn't matter how great the running back is, he's not gonna get through a brick wall. Darren, how many times have you guys said this year? And the offensive line created a line that. Share with me, Jerry. Oh, Go oh, ahead. The offensive line created a hole that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that even Jerry could run through. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you run. I don't run. Neither do I, brother. Things come to me. <laughs> Not too big to be running. <laughs> too big and too old to be running. But they said that I, I, it had to be five, six, eight times. That hole's so big, even Jerry could have <laughs> run through it. Sorry, I, I didn't realize where you were going initially, and then the light bulb went off, so <laughs> <Yeah>. my bad. <laughs> okay, you, you came around eventually. I did. So we're looking forward to a great game. We know we're going to have a great d- game. Everybody can listen on the Exeter Sports Network. Just go to our Twitter or Facebook and look for uh, the link there. But you know what? Darren, our listener numbers have been amazing all year. We need to thank Exeter for that. Uh, The folks are are tuning in in droves. I mean, we had... We had... uh, I don't want to give numbers out. I don't want to give numbers out. But we've had amazing listenership. And uh, you guys do a hell of a job. Yes, they do. Yeah, you do. And I honestly, that game the two weeks ago against Mannheim, I was listening, sitting on my deck, listening to it, and it was, it was kind of like, I, well, I was a kid listening to the Eagles coming down from the mountains, sitting in the back of my dad's truck, you know, listening to the Eagles game on Sundays coming down from the mountains, and I was like, I told my son I'm going to go out and listen to the game. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go listen to the game. Listen to it. Like you young kids just don't get it. <laughs> Kevin, I'll tell you, when Jerry and I initially had this conversation three years ago now, it was a matter of not only did we want to put a product out there, but we wanted to put a product out there that Exeter would be proud of. That if you listen to the game, we were putting a quality product out there that you can enjoy it 
And and in addition to that is that we were bringing the kids to you and and give Jerry credit for (laughs) the vision of being in covid and parents couldn't see their kids. So how can we bring the kids to the parents? And the fact that we're able to give kids that let's face it, in high school, when we were back in high school, none of this ever happened. Maybe a local radio station came and covered one of your games for some reason, who knows what. But we are incredibly privileged to be able to bring these Exeter students to their parents, to their grandparents, family, friends, and, and really just the renaissance that Exeter is going through right now. We are absolutely privileged at the Exeter Sports Network to be able to bring it to you. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate that you utilize our sponsors, and we look forward to covering this team not only this year, but, of course, years to follow. And with that, we'll wrap it up and let you get back to your life. Uh, Darren, thanks for answering the phone and for giving us this uh, preview of the game. Yeah. Kevin, Jerry, fantastic. And since you didn't ask for what I think is going to happen in the game, I'm going to tell you, 38-10, the Exeter Eagles. Nice. Yeah, you know, I think that I'm – I think that some of Tom Legath's uh, superstitious nature – is rubbing off on me because I intentionally didn't ask you that question. Well, it's one of those where <laughs> knock on I wood. Swore, hey, last year I told you when I thought Exeter was going to beat Wilson and it happened. That's so right. I'm not holding back as to what I feel about this Exeter team. If you're ever wrong, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, you, you guys kick ass tomorrow and uh, hopefully the team will too. Guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Have a great evening. Thank you, Darren. Good night. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Man, he has a great voice. The amazing Darren Zion. Great voice. One of the voices of the Exeter Sports Network. Dude, you're not telling me anything. Yeah. How many people have said to me, that guy's good. Yeah. That guy's good. He really puts me in the game, man. It was I, I, when I say this when I was listening to it, I was seriously excited there listening to the game because I was I'd go in and give when Exeter scored or Mannheim scored, I'd go in and give my daughter an update, um, and my son just doesn't care about anything. But <laughs> but it, it was exciting to listen to his kind of. I think one of the things that our our generation is we listen to things on the radio. Yes, we did. You know what I mean? We listen to games on the radio. I remember listening to baseball games on the radio, and it's kind of nostalgic for our generation. Sure. It's trying to get back to it, especially everything's, you know, stupid YouTube or whatever now. It's all visual. It's it's kind of like, man, going back, it's kind of like reading a book. Open And I don't mean on, on, on your phone or on a tablet or whatever. Yep. You're pulling that book open. You're feeling the fibers of the, of the paper on your fingers, and you're probably blindly trying to read the words on but the but the font's a little too small and you're fighting to it but it's the same thing as oh i didn't hear that correctly and then i hope he says it again oh where was he down at oh down at the 40 did he say the 45 voice or six first and 10 at the 45 okay cool you know what i mean it's that whole nostalgia thing and that the guys bring it back and they do a hell of a job yes they do and i'll tell you one of the reasons that we do it is for and and uh I'll, i'll just give this this name out joey schlaffer the the uh, who who Darren mentions mm-hmm. uh, tight end Penn State commit his uncle Mark contacted me early last year and said my ninety five year old father listens to the games every week nice 
That's why we do it. Yep. I think also a 95-year-old guy would probably rather listen to it. Yes. Than watch yes. it. So Mr. Joe Schlaffer. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah. And that's it, the cool it, part. It, yeah. It, 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 that, like, like, when Mark contacted me, I was like, damn, man, this is why we do it. This yeah. is it. This I is think it, you man. could go into a real deep conversation about this if you think about this is how my mind works, is that you everything now is like instant gratification, okay? Yep. So you're watching a game. There is no imagination that goes into... It's why kids don't really read a lot of books nowadays because it doesn't take imagination. They're told what they're seeing. Yep. You're seeing what's on the video or on the TV or on your tablet or on your phone. Yep. But when you read a book, you have to have a, an imagine. unless you read Stephen King, which his books are so damn detailed. That's one of the reasons why I can't stand reading him. And he has 15 pages on how the guy's hair is gray. Who gives a shit, right? But when you listen to a football game, you have to imagine him. Okay, it was intercepted. What exactly happened? And it's in your mind that's making that your imagination's working Mm-hmm. To see that, and the what what Darren and those guys do is is they add little points in to give you an imagination to be able to put those dots together and form what you what you believe yeah. happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're doing the best they can to tell you what they saw, but it's also like reading a book, man. Some of that old man in the sea. You know what I mean? You read those books, great old books like that, and you're like, your imagination is fifty percent of of what you of the book. The other fifty percent is the words. That's why this audio format is what I like doing. I love doing the audio format. People keep telling me, oh, you, you got to do video. You got to do video. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah. The audio format works. I know We've people. Got a that... bunch of people who listen to our games. I, t- I tell you what else. Anthony Cachese's father told me, told us, Darren and I, last week at the Liedercrons. He said, here's something you ought to tell your, uh, your listeners. On Saturday afternoon, I'll watch the game on the YouTube feed. And I'll sync up your sound to the game and watch it that way. We used to do that back in the day with the Eagles game. We'd turn on 94 WYSP and listen to Merrill Reese and watch the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. You turn the TV all the way down just watching you listen to Merrill Reese and my quick. This takes a little more doing, mm-hmm. but you absolutely can sync it up. Takes you a couple of seconds, but you can do it. And I was like, damn, Dom, that's a great idea. Yeah. And it I, is. It's a great even, idea. I didn't even know they had the YouTube for the videos. I would Yeah, they have a huddle camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a honestly it's a great way to do it because it maybe at some time we don't have video. Maybe we all revert back to AM FM or just AM baby. Hey man, that's my world. <laughs> You know what I mean? Everyone's Keep like, simple, I was talking to my mail lady tonight. She's super sweet. She's uh, from Puerto Rico. She's the nicest woman ever. And she, we have conversations about the people in my neighborhood that she doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, your son is so sweet. I said, why is that? I hopefully he's respectful towards you. And he's, oh, yes. She comes down. He said, she comes down or he comes down and he speaks Spanish to me. Hola. <laughs> so, hola. Como estas? We be in. Nice. <laughs> She's like the sweetest thing. It's both my kids have been learning Spanish since they were like in second or third grade. Wave of the future. Yep. Um, but I, I think that that whole nostalgia and the and what the the whole radio thing. Anyway, what the woman was saying was she said because um, I'm all about farming. I would love to sell every single thing I own and buy a farm in like West Virginia and just right. totally farm. So my wife's down, but my just it's not to get there yet with our kids and everything. 
And she, I was telling her, and she's like, well, you know, you know chickens are fine. Chickens are fine. I said, but the winter of the chickens don't produce as much as they do. Well, you know, I said, well, she goes, you go to Giant. I'm like, Giant's not always going to have food. Well, you may be right. <laughs> and I was like, she's the sweetest woman in the world. I'm like, I don't even think you get it. You got to understand food's not always going to be, you know, f- food that that steak does not come from giant. You know, you might get it from giant, but there's that steak comes from a cow on a yeah. farm. Yeah. You know what I mean? You buy a couple of pigs, you'd be good. So, Kev, I think that's going to be the show. Yeah, because I don't think we have to get an electricity rates and all. I don't even know what the hell that was. Play-Doh yeah. drive? What was that? Oh, do you want to talk about Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that, okay? So, so uh, the school board meeting, really nothing happened. I was happy that they talked about education for yes, once. Yes, they talked about education. They really did. That was the first time I've heard them talk about education so, in a number of months. So one of the things that they're going to be voting on on their voting meeting will be, we'll just touch on that very quickly. Um, they're bringing in another math program. <sighs> They're hiring a consultant from the BCIU, paying him $1,275 to make recommendations on what they can do with the math program. Now, this will be the fourth superintendent the kids have had in seven years. This will be the fourth math program. They've got to get it right. (coughs) How about stop teaching kids two plus two is five? Yeah. Hmm? That's a start. So that was a big thing. So the really big thing for me that came out of the meeting. They uh, they gave recognition to uh, a Lorraine Elementary teacher named Josie Whitney and the Lorraine principal, Karen Hodge, who Mrs. Whitney did a Play-Doh drive, okay? There was a kid that went to Lorraine, uh, a seven- or eight-year-old kid who lost his life to cancer. Is Last that this year, summer? Well, I don't remember when it was. I think it was a couple of years ago. Okay. It's not the kid that died of sickle cell anemia this no, summer. No. He uh he died he spent like the last year of his life at at CHOP. Really? And so they his teachers would go down and see him. Very cool. Okay. And she found Mrs. Whitney found out that because these kids have compromised immune systems, they give them play doh, but they gotta throw the play doh away. Yep. They can't allow them to reuse it, germs, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So she, every year, does a Play-Doh drive for Chop. Chop. Very nice. Okay? And she has so far collected, over the couple of years she's done it, 22,000 cans of Play-Doh. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, man. Let's give her some applause. It's awesome. So Mrs. Whitney does this every year. It's a continuous thing. Very cool. Okay. I'm going to encourage everybody to buy some Play-Doh. Where do you take it? To Lorraine. Okay. Okay? Amazon's got some really nice sets of uh, Play-Doh cans. Mm -hmm. They're not too expensive. I think they were $22, and you get 21 cans. or I I don't know, 12 or 14 cans. Can you just have them shipped to Lorraine? And you can just have them shipped right to Lorraine. Nice. Yes. Might have to do that. I did it. Other people can do it, too. Do this woman a favor. She's doing a great thing for kids. That's awesome. Cancer sucks. Yes, it does. Very so good. go buy some Play-Doh. Take it over to Lorraine. That's awesome. Very yeah. good. 
Very cool. I never, and, and you know what? Good things going on in this town. Yeah, and that's some of the, one of the things too is that you never really even think about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Little kids. I mean, they probably can't even. Like, they could probably get a teddy bear, but it has to be their teddy bear, and it's only their teddy bear, and you know right. what I mean? Because and it probably has to be washed if anyone else touches it. And play doh sure. is the same way. Sure. And I guess kids want to play with. But I honestly, kids with cancer, and I've had some. Um, I know some kids that died of cancer, and I, I when I see those commercials, man, I can't. As my mom died of cancer, I've had friends that have died of cancer. Yeah, and, and with little kids, it just breaks my heart. It literally just breaks my heart. If you have a heart, it would have to. Right, everyone's like Kevin doesn't have a heart, but I do. You're I do. heartless. I am. No, I'm not. No, I, I just. That's why I really don't like when people mess with kids, what they're doing in schools, and with all yeah. this gender crap and yeah. castrating children, and with. Kids with cancer, you see those commercials, it makes me want to dig a hole and jump in it. Yeah. You know? It's just so sad. So that is the Exeter Underground for tonight. Ending on a bad note. It was ending on a good note, that what she's doing, that's awesome. Yes. Everybody go buy some Play-Doh and ship it to Lorraine or drop it off or whatever. Help out Mrs. Whitney. She's, uh, she's doing a really good thing. Yeah. That is the Exeter Underground. We thank you for listening. If you missed any portion of the show, you can pick it up at your favorite podcatcher or find uh, go to the Exeter Examiner's Facebook page. We'll post a link to the podcast shortly after we wrap up here. It's on Amazon. It's on... Uh, it's on all the biggies. Yep. I didn't know Spotify. it was on Amazon until I actually looked. Yep. Spotify. Yep. All of them. If you've got one of the Amazon devices... Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, Alexa, play the latest Exeter Exeter Underground Underground. show. And she'll pull it right up. Right. I have those fire TVs. You can do it there, too. They're sweet. Yeah. So the Exeter Underground is done, episode number 30. Join us again next Thursday at 645 again. We're going to try to get the show together. For next week? Yes. And Why are you smiling? Because <laughs> you never know. I mean, right? you know, things could happen. Things could happen, right? We'll have a show. Regardless. Yes. So we thank you for listening and ask you to tell a couple of friends or ten friends. Ten friends and family. And spread the word through social media of the show. Let folks know about it. And join us here again next week. Go Exeter. Go Exeter. Kick the ass, sea bass. Good night. Peace, peace. Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. Media.